Hello everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the 4th and Long podcast, the one-stop shop for all your news, views and opinions on America's game by UK fans for UK fans in association with FranchiseSports.co.uk. I'm your host Darren Butler and over the next 15 minutes or so I'll be taking you through the post-season picture that's quickly developing, the trade deadline day deals that took place on Tuesday uh, and some of the other blockbuster moves that took place in the days prior. But we'll start with that all-important post-season picture We're now at the halfway point of the season for most of the teams having played seven or eight games and the postseason is starting to take shape. Patriots, Steelers, Texans and Chiefs all top their respective divisions in the AFC, whilst Redskins, Bears, Saints and Rams top the NFC. Unsurprisingly, all the teams won their previous games and continue to look the most likely to progress beyond Week 16. However, the NFL is rarely as cut and dry as that and there's still time for a capitulation by one of the dominant teams and a resurgence from a side yet to live up to its potential. Among the chasing pack that could really put the pressure on are the Bengals, who despite losing two of their last three, sit second behind the Steelers on five and three, but face a really strong Saints side in just ten days' time. The LA Chargers are on a four-game winning streak and look to be pushing Chiefs all the way for the AFC West title, 5-2 their current record with the Seahawks up next after a successful week away in London against the Tennessee Titans. The Indianapolis Colts will look to further take advantage of the Titans losing streak this week with a victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, potentially securing them second spot behind the 5-3 Texans. With massive improvement coming from the Colts' O-line and Marlon Mack hitting the ground running, so to speak, after an injury layoff, Indy will look like they can turn around the current losing record into a more positive one in the coming weeks. And lastly, the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning Super Bowl champs. They haven't had the most dominant year so far, summed up with a 21-17 loss to Carolina Panthers, in which they conceded all 21 points in the fourth quarter. Close losses to the Vikings and Titans predicated that collapse, and had Philly got the rub of the green a little, we could be talking about a team that's 7-1 and and up there with the Rams, Chiefs and Saints, but injuries and inconsistencies have let them down. Thankfully, Carson Wentz looks largely unaffected by his recent injury woes, and we'll hope he can now drive the team forward onto a more positive record, which currently stands at 4-4. Other teams in contention are the Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings and of course you can never write off Green Bay as long as they have Aaron Rodgers under centre. This might all change come Christmas but as of right now, for me, these are the teams to watch when it comes to wildcard and divisional playoff games. None more so than the Cincinnati Bengals. Despite playing the 6-1 New Orleans Saints on Sunday, their remaining seven games beyond that all look very winnable. Facing off against a wildly inconsistent Baltimore Ravens, divisional rivals Cleveland Browns twice, Denver Broncos, the LA Chargers, the Oakland Raiders and finally the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are of course a couple of tough games in there, the LA Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers especially, as they have postseason ambitions of their own. But if you were to give a team that currently sits on five and three the opportunity to win five of their last eight games and end this year with a 10 and six record and a potential wild card spot, there's not many teams in this league that would pass you up on that opportunity. 
The LA Chargers likewise have a very similar run to the Cincinnati Bengals, with a tough game against the Seattle Seahawks coming up on Sunday. They also have a set of very beatable teams in their final eight games beyond the test of the Seahawks, facing the Broncos twice, the Baltimore Ravens, the Oakland Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals. But again, also like the Bengals, they have got two or three teams in there which will provide them a very tough test with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Bengals themselves, giving the LA Chargers every opportunity to add another loss to their record. Over the last five or six seasons, the Indianapolis Colts have by and large been the NFL's most inconsistent team in the league, losing five games in a row before winning the next six. And on the face of it, this season would look no different. Winning the opening game of the season and then losing the next five, the Indianapolis Colts were in a bad way before beating the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders in the previous two weeks. Hopefully for Colts fans like myself, this will be the beginning of a really good run towards the end of the season. As looking at the last eight games, I would suggest at least seven of them are very winnable. With five of those last eight games being against divisional rivals, the Indianapolis Colts stand as good a chance as any of progressing into the postseason, facing the Tennessee Titans twice, the Jacksonville Jaguars twice, and the toughest test coming from the current table toppers, the Houston Texans, who are currently on a five-game win streak. With games against an inconsistent Miami Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys, and a woeful New York Giants, could we see the Colts progress to the postseason for the first time since 2014? The Philadelphia Eagles unfortunately are not so lucky with their final eight games of the year. The Eagles, like the Colts, also play five divisional games in their final eight, facing off against the Dallas Cowboys twice, the Washington Redskins twice, and the New York Giants. But in and around that, they also have much tougher tests against a 6-1 New Orleans Saints, a Texans side who have won five straight games, and an undefeated LA Rams. As inconsistent as the Philadelphia Eagles have been this season, there won't be many that bet against them in the two games against the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants, with the two games against the Washington Redskins being by far their hardest of the divisional games. Win all five of those and they will finish the season with at least nine wins, which is very respectable in of itself, but it's not post-season numbers. They will have to pick up a win against either the Texans, the Saints, or the currently 8-0 LA Rams. So that's the post-season picture as it currently stands. Now, of course, we will take a closer look at the Carolina Panthers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers over the coming weeks as and when it looks like they might be getting more involved in that post-season picture. Trade deadline day on Tuesday offers teams the opportunity to strengthen in key areas and perhaps even put themselves beyond week 16 of this regular season. Unlike the European tradition of deadline day deals being rushed through in the final minutes or being hampered by broken fax machines, the NFL's deadline day seems to be a much more subdued affair, with deals done way in advance of the final day. There were, however, one or two big moves made on Tuesday afternoon, which gives me the opportunity to assess which teams made moves, was it the correct decision, and whether or not it represents great value going forward. Now, obviously, the biggest talking point is John Gruden's insistence on clearing house in return for draft picks. 
but the Raiders remained quiet on deadline day. Instead, the blockbuster moves were made on the East Coast and further south, with Philadelphia acquiring Golden Tate from the Detroit Lions in return for a 2019 third-round pick. On the face of it, this seems like a great value deal on Philly's part, with ambitions to go all the way for the second time in a row. Their position in the draft next year will be fairly low if they are to succeed. So to swap Golden Tate for a third round pick, Detroit have seemingly gifted their best wide receiver, if not their best offensive player. All in all, it looks like a great deal by the Philadelphia Eagles. Golden Tate has 44 receptions for an average of just shy of 12 yards per catch so far this season with three touchdowns. It certainly adds another valuable weapon to Carson Wentz's arsenal, especially considering the loss of Jay Ajay, completely eliminating their run game for this season at least. The Houston Texans have been busy also bringing in Demarius Thomas from the Denver Broncos. Texans are on a five-game win streak and this acquisition is surely only going to help further their ambitions of a postseason run. Denver Broncos received a fourth round pick and swapped position in the seventh round, which seems odd as you think at this point the Broncos will have the better position come April. Thomas also has three touchdowns so far this season off of 38 catches, averaging just over 11 yards per catch with the longest coming in the previous game against the LA Rams of 45 yards. The Texans have been desperate for a boost to their wide receiver core and long-time rumours of Des Bryant signing as a free agent have since cooled. Demarius then will fit in perfectly as the number one target going forward and the Texans will look to extend their current five-game unbeaten run. Green Bay's running back Ty Montgomery's decision to run it out of the end zone in their last game and subsequent fumble seems to have been the last straw for Mike McCarthy who traded the running back to Baltimore for nothing more than a 7th round pick. A sure sign of contempt for Montgomery from Mick McCarthy who clearly feels that had it not been for that fumble, Green Bay stood every chance of coming back against the undefeated LA Rams. Ty Montgomery will arrive in Baltimore as a second string player behind starter Alex Collins, so not only will game time be restricted, his chance to impress will have to wait. That wasn't all that Green Bay did in the seller's market on Tuesday, also trading away safety ha-ha Clinton Dix to the Washington Redskins for a fourth round pick. I definitely feel like the Redskins have got the better value from this deal. Trading off a fourth round pick for someone that is established and well proven in this league, not only this season but in previous years also. Clinton Dix currently has three interceptions and one forced fumble to his name in the previous seven games and Redskins will be hoping that he can carry on that good form on their way to a divisional title. The LA Rams The LA Rams made a statement on the West Coast at a time when all eyes were on the 1-6 Raiders to improve their lineup. They forgot the 8-0 Rams might consider doing the same. They landed Jaguars pass rusher Dante Fowler for a 2019 third round and a 2020 fifth round pick. Fowler was a number three pick overall in the 2015 draft and his stock has hardly dropped with the Jags boasting one of the most frugal defences in recent years so an interesting trade from the Jags. It's hard too to understand right now whether or not Jags have got great value, but two picks in the next two drafts 
certainly doesn't do them any harm as a team looking to constantly improve. And that really was all the deals that were done on deadline day. Although there were a number of others that went through in the days prior. One we covered last week with Amari Cooper switching Oakland for Dallas. But Cleveland were also active and not in the way that you think. Trading Carlos Hyde for a fifth round pick to Jacksonville demonstrates total faith in rookie Nick Chubb's ability to, to deploy the running game as and when it's called upon as Baker Mayfield, another rookie, leads the Browns into a pass-heavy playbook. Of course, the biggest shock, or perhaps not depending on how you look at the situation, was the sacking of head coach Hugh Jackson. Jackson has been head coach for two and a half years and in that time amassed a 3-36-1 record. But this year it looked as though he really had the team to put together a string of wins and as discussed before, the Browns could easily have been 5-3 and three so far this season with lots of room for improvement in the years going forward. As it stands though, Greg Williams has been promoted to head coach on an interim basis. Williams has largely spent his career as a defensive coordinator with the last head coach position being way back in 2003 where he spent two seasons as Buffalo Bills head coach. Greg has been with the team since 2016 as defensive coordinator since leaving the same position at LA Rams after Sean McVay's appointment. There's no doubt that the Browns are much better than their current record and as it stands will look to benefit again from an early draft position in what is shaping up as the most defensive talent laden draft in years. New York Giants look like they are now preparing for a rebuild with the trades of defensive tackle Damon Harris and cornerback Eli Apple who are swapping the bright lights of New York for Detroit and New Orleans respectively. The New York Giants received a 2019 fourth round pick and a 2020 round seven for Eli Apple and a 2019 round five conditional pick for Damon Harris. The New York Giants are currently one and seven and will be looking to strengthen in almost all areas of the pitch, including quarterback and the defensive line. So picking up as many draft picks as they can for players that they perceive to be dead weight now seems to be very, very smart business. And so we finish this week, as always, with the fourth and long bet of the week. And I must apologise because so far we haven't won a lot of money, although we are breaking even. Normally I leave things like accumulators to my co-hosts as I seek value in a single outcome bet, but as I'm flying solo this week, I'll provide you with both this week. The accumulator is a six-fold, and pays a shade under 28 to 1. I've used Bet365's money line and selected the Dolphins, Ravens, Chargers, Texans, Vikings and Redskins. That selection again is the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, the LA Chargers, the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Redskins all to win their games at shade under 28 to 1. My one and done selection comes in what will arguably be the game of the week as 8-0 Rams face off against the 6-1 New Orleans Saints. I've gone for a Rams win by a margin of 7-12 points at 11-2. With a cash out option, this will be one to keep an eye on and take the value as and when it comes. And so that brings a close to episode 11 of the 4th and Long podcast. 
As always, we do appreciate your feedback. So head over to Facebook and search Fourth and Long Podcast. Drop a like on the page and send us a message. Alternatively, you can find me on Twitter at DarrenButler87. But until next week, folks, see ya.